As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. These eyes have seen a lot of love, but they're never going to see another love like I had with you. My brother came all the way from Scottsdale, Arizona to sing for you. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show, presented by Sling. We're in Bryant-Denny Stadium. This is the uh, Texas A&M radio booth, Ari. Yeah, yeah. If, if, if you can hear in the background, they're mowing grass behind us. That's how they keep the grass so nice in these uh, these fancy stadiums. But, Ari, what a game we saw. And if I'd have told you in May that we wouldn't care a bit about Jimbo versus Nick, Bryce Young wouldn't play, Alabama would turn the ball over four times, Texas A&M, the starting quarterback they'd hoped to have, would get hurt, and and another one would have to play, and we get a classic. Yeah, I'd be like, you know what? We just are really good at picking where to go. I guess. Uh, you know, I, I thought good that the, Lord. the comment that you made as we were walking back up to the press box was, was a good one, and, and that's just, you know, we spent an entire week in the car together, driving long distances, having discussions about football, and, and you said that we talked about all the different things that this game could be. Yeah. Even with the information that we had starting on Monday. Right. And all the scenarios that we mapped out, this wasn't one of them. No, not even close. And the thing is, I think we figured out probably, I think we knew by Thursday night that Bryce Young wasn't going to play. Just based on what Nick Saban said when, when yeah. I was guest host on the radio show, if you sort of read between the lines, you could tell that they were probably not going to play him. And we knew Monday that Max Johnson wasn't going to play. And so... We knew it was going to be a Haynes King Jalen Milrow matchup, but Milrow had looked so good against Arkansas that you didn't think, oh, well, you know, he may have a problem against a more athletic defense that is punching the ball out. And sure enough, he fumbles twice. He throws a pick. Alabama had another fumble that they lost and uh, really kept Texas A&M in the game. Yeah, you know, and, and I think that the th- one thing that we know about Texas A&M is that they've got dudes, right? Yeah. We say it all the time. They've got players. And when you have players – and they make plays, and the other team's not playing very well, even the big, bad Alabama. Right. You know, you have a chance to win a football game. So, you know, I, I don't know that A&M is – the thing that I'm, I'm considering um, and you've been considering is what's the emotion if you're an A&M fan right now? Are you happy that your team in a year where offense has been a struggle and, you know, it's been just one downpour after another uh, on different, you know, results of games, you come out here and you get two yards away from beating Alabama – or do you just 
you know, pull your hair out in frustration because they turned the ball over three more times than you. Yeah. You know, they missed two field goals um, and you drive all the way down the field and don't get it. Like you drive all the way down the field in one instance and have two straight false start penalties that force you to kick a field goal when you could have scored a touchdown. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, I mean, it's and just you, stuff like that over and over again. And you also see like Evan Stewart making huge plays. Yes. You know, you see uh, a lot of the pieces of the puzzle kind of come together in, in flashes in spurts. Um, so it kind of gives you an idea of like what things could be if they really get things going, but then to come away empty handed, it's like, are you upset if you're an AM fan? Are you uh, cautiously optimistic about the future? Do you have a little bit more faith in Jimbo's offense? Do you have no faith in Jimbo's offense? Like I have no I think idea. It's, I think it's bittersweet. I think you are looking at the rest of the season and going, okay, they're not playing another pass rush like that. Haynes King looked like he grew up a little bit. Yeah. Ole Miss can get after the quarterback some, but nobody they face down the stretch will get after him like that. So you feel good about that, but you don't feel good because you're not paying that much money to Jimbo Fisher to be in the moral victory business. And, right. and, and to Jimbo Fisher's credit, he said, no moral victory. Don't believe in moral victory. So yep. I'm not going to assign that to him. He definitely said he does not believe in moral victories. It's not good enough. And I think you, you get frustrated because you're never going to get this gift from Alabama like this again. Yeah. It's like they and wanted to win. lose in this game. Like, honestly, they, they had all these crazy turnovers and A&M to their credit on two of those turnovers scored touchdowns. Yeah. Um, but you know, you put yourself on the, on the road too. And, and let's cut the crap too with, you know, they buried the hatchet with, with the off season stuff. Yeah. But you know how much that meant to A&M's program, because the thing that's, it's not just the, the fun, let's talk about all the, 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 the um, trash talk in the off season. Beating Alabama and putting yourself on this plane is a tentpole of what the, the Absolutely. program. And it would have been two consecutive wins against Alabama, right? Yeah, one on the huge. road during yeah. a, you know it would have been hilariously funny uh, if they beat Alabama twice with two losses in consecutive years. But you know that's kind of the way that they're measuring their program. So you know the fact of the matter is is that I think that it was a, a solid game for A and M, and it gives you, I think you can come away with that for a path to eight and four. You know, maybe even nine and three if they put it together. Yeah, um, nine and three still seems hard because here's here's the problem. And if if I'm a rational Texas A&M fan thinking about this, they're not going to be as up for some of these other teams as they were for right. Alabama, and that because that that's a problem for 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 teams that usually aren't Alabama. Uh, Georgia, we've seen has had a problem with that this year where they haven't gotten as up for yeah for opponents and. I imagine that is probably still an issue for Texas A&M. So I need to see them do it like against South Carolina next week. They need to clobber South Carolina. Yeah. You know, you go into a bye week this week. So, you know, I know what you mean. And, yeah. and like you have two weeks to kind of put yourself back together, take yourself off the mat and try to close the season out on a, on an up note. So, um, but it is a very confusing game. Like for me, I'm always so certain of my emotions. Like that's, yeah. I think one of the greatest things I bring to the podcast. <laughs> I have an opinion. Yeah. I draw a line in the sand and people, Listen, you were, you were ready to write that. It's time to play Connor Wegman column. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I had it in my was, head all week. It was, it was percolating, but that percolated when I thought the game was going to be 38 to 10. Yes. So like once your quarterback puts you in a position to get down to the two yard line with the game on the line, the way that, that Haynes King did, it's not appropriate. Yes. So maybe he'll still play later on in the season if they find, but, like you said, he played his probably best game of the year without question, right? So before we get to the most important play of this game, I, I do want to talk about Alabama because yeah. there is that team that and the has, national. has national title yeah. aspirations. How different is this game if Bryce Young plays? Um, 
very different because Bryce Young doesn't turn the ball over. Correct. So how many times I, did Milrow turn it over? Three. Four, three times? Yeah. Um, and they had a few missed field goals, you know, you, and let's be honest. They, they and Bryce Young it, throws the ball better. Yeah, also at the end of the game there when um, A&M had to kick a field goal after those consecutive false start penalties, mm-hmm. um, and then Alabama gets the ball back. Bryce Young gets him a first down there. They're not in a position right. where he, yeah, Bryce, yeah, Bryce Young buries you. And yes. and that's that's the difference. And so now this is a, a really interesting question. Will Bryce Young be ready to play against Tennessee? Right. I think he was held out in this game. Dude, there's gonna be people picking Tennessee sure, this week. I listen, Tennessee yeah. looked awesome against LSU. Yeah. We're gonna get to that game, but it, it was it was crazy. But before we do, we do have to get to the most important play of the Texas AM Alabama game, and that is the catch. That I made, yes. Yeah. Who has two thumbs and, you know, had one target and one catch from Haynes King tonight? This guy. You know, I, I before you play them the clip, I just want you to know that I was standing one foot behind you. Yeah. And I had that uncontrollable urge that you get in the lunchroom in high school to knock someone's tray out of their Oh, you, you would have gotten like, an elbow to the face. You would have gotten an elbow right to the face if you'd have but, peanut if you'd have peanut punched that ball out of my hand. <laughs> so I was I had my phone up. I was just recording some scenery uh the crowd noise all that stuff to you know show you guys give give you some stuff for the podcast put some stuff on social media and well this happened When I say, here you go, Ross, I am tossing the ball to Texas A&M athletic director, Ross Bjork, like he is the center judge, and I'm in a hurry-up offense, and I want to run the next play. Yeah. Because that's once I caught the ball, I was like, oh, God, what do I do with this? I should have put it under my shirt. I mean, the fact that you caught the ball is the most appropriate thing on the face of the earth. Uh, You know, if anybody, any media members, and the fact that you were filming and caught it, was it one-handed? It was a one-handed catch, yes. Yeah, you know. A&M could have used one more one-handed catch there at the end of the game. Well, so. they could have used the catch on that throw. Yeah. That was the last drive. So they did get the first down. It, it, that throw to me did not cost them the game. Uh, but I was standing right at the goal line for the last one. I, I have a video of that, too. And if you're watching on the YouTube channel, you can watch that last play. It's, it's pretty crazy. Uh, just chuck that thing. It well, was. Do you want to get into the the thing that everybody sees? Well, to let's be let's watch the CBS feed of my okay. catch first. And we know he can catch when he jumps. King blitz coming. Anderson giving chase. This one he throws to the sideline. All right, that's Brad Nessler not describing my catch at all. Thanks, Brad. Uh, I'm sorry about that, Andy. But the thing that I want to know your opinion on, and you and I both, I had a way worse view than you. I was behind a wall of people. But Jimbo is getting killed mm-hmm. for the play call. Uh, Johnny Manziel said it was one of the worst play yeah. calls he's ever seen. That's a pretty consistent theme from what we've seen. Yep. Haven't sat in front of our computers yet from the press conference. But do you think it was a bad play call? So they scored on that play call earlier in the night, but they scored on the top of the the, the top of it. If you're looking at the top of your screen where there's three receivers, they hit one of those guys. But Alabama changed up the coverage. The only play Haynes King had was the ISO at the bottom of the route, so to Haynes King's right. And the problem was he was under so much pressure at the end. There was He never could have gotten – now, you could argue maybe that it would have been pass interference that the ball had been catchable because it looked like the DB was draped all over. It seemed like he got there a second too soon. It did, but the ball wasn't catchable. There was yeah. no hope of catching that ball. And I think that's, that's the key to that. Like when, when it sailed by, I was like, there's no way on earth a human being could have caught that ball. 
Yeah. And now here's the thing. And I will take you back to the, the 2012 Texas A&M Alabama game. And I, it's weirdly enough. I interviewed Kevin Sumlin about that game last week. Cause I was doing a story on, on A&M winning that game. And we talked about the play in the right corner of the end zone at Brighton. He's saying it was the other end zone where DeShazer Everett intercepts AJ McCarron. And what the play was, it was a play that A&M also had in its playbook at the time. It's everybody's favorite two-point play. Basically, the way Kevin described it to me is you roll to the quarterback's hand side. So the quarterback is right-handed, you're rolling right. You have a rub rub route going on. So you have two receivers on that side, and they are crossing with the hope that the DBs will get caught up in the wash and and one will get picked and and you can't. So – there was no rub on this play. I went and looked at the at the top of the route, the, the trip side. There was no rub there. Everybody was running an individual route. So now, granted, you can get called on that. There was a, a Notre Dame-Florida State game several years ago where, where Notre Dame got called for OPI on that. But I think you got to give yourself a shot to pop somebody open because nobody was open. Like Evan stood, and I know some of the AM folks were saying, well, if he'd run the route deeper, it wouldn't have mattered because – Haynes well, King that would have taken under, an extra second, right? Too. Haynes I mean, King yeah. had to throw the ball when he did, and and the problem is like the ball might not have even been in the end zone at the catch because it kind of sails over the pylon. We we were looking at the video like the Zapruder film, and then we we went back on the field where where it went and and tried to determine where the ball crossed the goal line. It felt like the pylon to me. Yeah, I mean, it looked like the pylon or just short of the pylon. So, you know, I mean, it, it is. The funniest thing, too, is when they snapped that ball, I was so caught up in the commotion of the game. Yeah. I didn't realize there that were was three the last seconds play. left. Yeah, yeah. I thought that they had three or four cracks at it. Now, if you go back and you watch the game live, too, because I went and looked at it before we started this podcast, on the play before when they called the um, defensive pass interference, mm-hmm. three seconds came off the clock after the ball hit the ground. Wow. So they might have actually had a chance to run two plays there. Well, yeah, they would have. Um, if, if six seconds had been on the clock, they'd have had a chance to run yeah, the play. Yeah, so that's... Because uh, it wasn't fourth yeah, down. Yeah, but, um, you know, Alabama did everything they could to give out to give out the game. You know, and A&M was two yards short of taking it from them. So. Uh, all right, so we got some other games to talk about. Let's let's stay in the SEC because I feel like this, this other result from the very, very early games was very monumental and Alabama's got them next. Tennessee went to LSU and laid a whooping yep. on the Tigers. Yep. Coming into the game, what was the thing that we said we wanted to see out of Tennessee? Protect Hendon Hooker and play some defense. They play defense. Now, LSU's offense is not – They can't stinky, throw the ball stinky. very well, but but um, Tennessee can stop the run. But Tennessee has also played you know, Florida's offense earlier in the year, and Florida looked pretty good against they them. They made so, Florida like, look amazing, and, and Florida didn't look amazing against Missouri today. So, like, the fact that they were able to put, what was it, you know, 40 points on them. Yeah. And the game was never really even close. The middle, so, eight, the middle eight, Josh Heupel coaching in the middle eight against Brian Kelly. Like, Josh Heupel middle eighted the hell out of Brian Kelly. So, the middle eight, for those who don't know, is the last four minutes of the first half and the first four minutes of the second half. Brian Kelly goes for a fourth and ten late in the second half, doesn't get it. Tennessee takes it and steals three points right there and then scores again. And there was no, it was over. They scored right away in the second half. It was over. Yeah. So the fact of the matter is, is that like, we always like, you know, is a team good? You know, that thing that we were doing, like, does Tennessee get the benefit of doubt of just being good now? You go into death Valley. I I, I am, I am on the Tennessee is good bandwagon. Yeah. yeah, And it's like this, like, let me ask you this. You place Tennessee on the field in this game. 
Tennessee, Tennessee wins. Tennessee beats Alabama by a lot if, right? if Alabama plays so, like that. And it's in Knoxville. Yeah. I cannot imagine what – I mean, should we just extend this trip another week? I mean, I think we'd be single if we did that. <laughs> yeah, we, we would. Like, yeah. the divorce papers would be served to us at the game. Yeah, but, I already got yeah. the what time are you going to be home text. Yeah, so, so uh, I, as much as I'd love to do that, as much as I'd love to show you Knoxville, because that would probably Knoxville be what you will want. be the most intense environment on a Thursday, Friday, yeah. Saturday morning, like you'll ever see. Because it's an point. interesting cross section because the one discussion I think we have to have and people want to know is who's your national championship favorite and is the way that you view Alabama different? Or do you give them um, a pass, for, a pass for not having Bryce Young? I, on the so I do give them a pass for no Bryce Young. That said, with Bryce Young, even, I don't know that they are a shoe-in for the national title. I don't know that Georgia's a shoe-in for the national title. I don't know that Ohio State is. It certainly feels like those are the three best. Yeah. Ohio State looked awesome against Michigan State. Yeah. Other than the C.J. Stroud... I think he just wanted to make things interesting by throwing the pick six. Yeah. I, just I, think I also, was, there was a miscommunication with the receiver. I yeah. Don't know yeah. I think that, that was, the but, receiver just ran the wrong yeah. route, but you know what? They were probably just trying to give him another seven because the spread probably should have been 34. So yeah, I, I mean, seven points. Ohio state looked incredible. Marvin Harrison jr. That catch in the corner of the end zone. Holy the scariest thing exactly. about Ohio state too, is that Mayan Williams isn't playing right. And Jackson Smith, the Jigba has not been playing. Yes. So like, they're going to be getting back some really important pieces, but you know, the fact of the matter is, I think Bill Landis put a stat up. I saw Ohio State has scored an offensive touchdown on 30 of their last 38 possessions. Good God. So, like that, you know. But you know what? I will say this, having you know been close to Ohio State, they also tend to not play as dominant football when they play in their biggest game. So that's the one thing I want to see out of them. Yeah. When they play another team that actually is capable of beating them, I want to see them score three out of six, you know, offensive touchdowns. So, um, you know, right now, I think Ohio State's probably the most complete team in, in college football. I have some questions about their secondary and their cornerbacks, but, you know, I also don't know if it's fair to, you know, outwardly judge Alabama mm-hmm. because they're winning football games with a quarterback who, frankly, isn't ready to play yet. I mean, like, yeah, he, yeah. they're Miro, afraid to Miro let him throw the ball. Fine yeah. at some point, but that he's, if you've got to play with him the rest of the season, they're not winning that. And, like, fight. how they feel about Milrow, I think, completely was illustrated when they got the ball back with a minute and a half left. Yeah. And uh, or whatever it was at the end of the game, they could have mm-hmm. socked the game away. They ran three boring plays up the middle, or, or oh yeah, because you know, they're they, so scared of a turnover. No way they're going to yeah. let them turn the ball over in that scenario. And you know, you have yourself a quarterback that you're comfortable with. You know, you if you take those two turnovers away, and I think it's fair to at least take two of them away, then you take two uh, offensive touchdowns from A and M off the board. So you know. You know, Alabama had Bryce Young for the entire Texas game. and They almost yeah. lost that one, too. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you can completely excuse it that way. But, like, Georgia, you know, their offense is kind of hard to watch sometimes. But then they turned it on. It's pretty easy to watch sometimes, too. Though. Yes, it yeah. is. Um, they turned it on and, and won and covered, I think. And Alabama did not cover, but they won at home. And Ohio State keeps on winning. So I don't know if, I mean, I... You'd be crazy to take the field. It's going to be one of those three. Yeah, but who do you? I, I think I, that Ohio State's probably the best one they in the feel country. The most right now. complete right now. But Absolutely. they also have a clunker, and they can have one at any time right. too. So right, and and they beat Notre Dame. Notre Dame looked pretty good against BYU. That that was a tough game for Notre Dame, and Notre Dame dominated time of possession. Yeah, their offense is really. I, I mean, I guess North Carolina was kind of the medicine for their offense, and, and they got things kind of figured out. But uh, I I was impressed with Notre Dame. I'm I'm now relying on Notre Dame, I think, to to make sure they beat USC so I don't have to pay you when USC makes the playoff. Yeah, I mean USC is nowhere in the same galaxy as those other teams that yeah. we just mentioned. 
but I'll be very curious to see if they're able to just backdoor their way in because they yeah. don't lose. And like UCLA is awesome now. Oh yeah, so, Let, let's talk a little yeah. Pac-12 first. We we're gonna get to the Big how about 12. that Pac-12 yeah. first. Yeah, we're gonna, we're <laughs> yeah. gonna get to the Big Twelve because there's a couple couple games and well, there's three games in the Big Twelve that I thought were very good. Well, two were very good. One was awful, but you know, entertaining in a macabre way. Uh, but let's talk Pac-12 because USC gets by Washington State. It was not necessarily easy. UCLA. Kind, not easy against Utah, but they looked pretty dominant by it the end. It didn't seem like they were going to be losing that game at any point. Yeah, I wasn't so, sweating. Yeah. Um, and every time uh, Utah scored, they responded immediately. Yeah. So, you know, the fact is, is that, you know, I gave Nicole an out. Oh, yeah. On the cottage cheese. And she, I think I spooked her and I was wrong about this because, you know, I would have thought that UCLA would have been favored at home with the way that they had been playing. And I thought that line was kind of weird. Um, but no, I mean, that's the thing. And it's like the funniest you know, think about this Pac-12 trio is that like USC's biggest test for the thousand dollars. Yep. I think is next Saturday when they play Utah because or, or UCLA. Oregon's still hanging out there. Everybody Oregon forgets is, yes. them because of the way they lost to to Georgia, but they're still hanging out there winning games. And well, they're uh, so we'll see what happens with them. But it, it is going to be a very, I think, fun down the stretch in the Pac-12 because it does feel like there's a few at the top that, that can kind of beat up on each other. This seems like the furthest we've gotten into a season in quite some time where you've got three teams in the Pac-12 that actually have a chance yeah. to maybe do something. Now, I think Oregon is probably eliminated from the playoff, even if they went out. Because, because of the way they lost to Georgia. They don't like blowouts. Um, yeah. But um, USC and UCLA, I mean, if that's an undefeated rivalry game, like that's exactly what the Pac-12 was looking for. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed that Washington fooled us for a few weeks. Losing uh, to Arizona State's not a very good look. Yeah. But UCLA, I think more so than USC, and I hate to say this, but you, yeah. you, UCLA is the more fun team to watch right now. Oh, UCLA is a ton of fun to watch. I mean, they're dominant on the ground. They just punch you in the mouth and – uh, DTR can throw it though because you're so scared of what they're going to do. Like, are, is it going to be a read option with DTR and Charbonnet, or is or is DTR going to pull it back and throw it? It, it is well. The thing a lot with U- UCLA, and I made this comment before uh, the game started, and you you told me I was wrong, and I was wrong. Um, UCLA is the type of team now offensively that has options. Yeah, you know, in the past, it don't, I don't know if it was tough enough up front, um, if it had the options to you know run the ball in tough situations or get tough first downs. I feel like a lot of times, at least in my head, that UCLA would be facing a, you know, tough third and three or tough fourth and three, and they'd try to pass, and there was not like there was no Charbonnet there to go pick up those those hard right. four yards. So like their offense has got a lot of options, and you know that they're able to hurt you in multiple different ways, and it's a, it's a lot of fun, and their defense clearly has been improved. So, um, you know, hats off to them, and well, very excited to see how I'll, that all turns out. Also. We mentioned Arizona State beating Washington. Yeah. Congratulations to the interim coaches. Brent Key of Georgia Tech, yep. 2-0 and as, as the interim coach at Georgia Tech after Jeff Collins got fired. Sean Aguano for Arizona State beats Washington. And then uh, Jim, Leonard Jim Leonard in his debut as win. Wisconsin coach beats Northwestern. Ralph Russo said that all uh, teams that have fired coaches this year went 4-0 and on Saturday. Oh. So, Who am I forgetting? Did Colorado play? Uh, I don't know. No, I think they win. were off. No, they um, were off. So we have Wisconsin, mm-hmm. Nebraska, 
Oh, Nebraska. Yeah, right. Nebraska. So, Mickey Joseph, congratulations to Mickey Joseph on Friday night. Yes. All one this weekend. Yes. Most of you got my chili and cinnamon rolls tweet yes. on Friday night after Nebraska beat That Rutgers. was a sick host game, too, you know. That was. Well, we, yeah, we, we were camped out at a, a Buffalo Wild Wings in suburban Birmingham. That Listen, I, I know a lot of you said that's not cool enough for you to go to and you should have gone somewhere cooler. Get the job done. Right. We went to Slice in Birmingham and had great pizza for dinner. This Buffalo Wild Wings was next door to our hotel. Yes. We could drink beer as much as we wanted and, and watch walk to the hotel after yes. we watched Nebraska Rutgers. So. Who wants to do anything more than watch Nebraska? We watched it at the bar, but from across the bar, so we weren't too close to it. It, was, it didn't <laughs> contaminate our faces. It didn't, it didn't, uh, it didn't make our eyes bleed. There, we will get to a Big Ten game that did make everyone's eyes bleed. Vaughn uh, on the live chat says, Iowa, Illinois is not worth talking about ever. No, we're going to talk about it. But... When we come back, we're going to talk about some games in the Big 12, two of them that were incredibly exciting. One of them that was, ooh, it was hard to watch, but dang, it was probably pretty cathartic for, for one fan base. So we'll talk about that when we come back. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome back. Let us move to the Big 12. Where do we start here, Ari? There were three really great, well, two but, great games and one one we got we just got to talk about. Let's just start with Texas Oklahoma. Red River. Holy crap, Oklahoma's bad. I'm going to get you to curse on the show one day. Holy shit, I, Oklahoma's bad. Yeah, I think okay. that, I think that that was appropriate. I mean, okay. Honestly speaking, dude, We've seen some bad offense. We watched the Thursday night game this week together. We did. The Thursday we night NFL game all was all of the Iowa yeah. game while we were covering the Alabama game. Yep. There's been, I was complaining about We watched about Nebraska bad, Rutgers. We watched Nebra- I've been complaining about bad offense for three days now. Yeah. That was the most pathetic offensive performance I think I've seen in years. It was, they had, z- like, you were telling me that every time their quarterback was on the field that they were wasting a play because they didn't run the Wildcat. They, they absolutely were. They 100% were. Every time Davis Bevel was on the field, they were wasting a play because they, they had a couple plays in the Wildcat that looked like they may be somewhat successful. Like Braden Willis, when, when he was running the Wildcat, the, the, the tight end, number nine, those worked a little bit. Nothing else worked. Nothing. How do you? I, I mean, we I, were like talking about how many breakdowns they had defensively last week, and their defense was terrible too. Their I mean, defense is terrible. I yeah. mean, I mean, honestly, Texas could have won that game if they didn't throw a forward pass. Texas, but the, the, Texas the, could have won that game if they had never gotten the ball. But I didn't, I didn't realize, and maybe this just makes me a shit analyst, but I didn't know that Oklahoma's offense was that hopeless. Well, with what, with what Dylan happened? Gabriel, yeah, they're no, not. I know, hopeless, but, like, but with, without him. 
And and that's again, that is on the coaches. And you can say, well, Lincoln Riley took Caleb Williams. Well, get over it. Lots of people yeah. lost their quarterbacks. Lots of people had to take quarterbacks through the transfer portal. You're at Oklahoma. Figure it out. I'm I'm flabbergasted. Honestly, it's offensive. <laughs> I mean, I I don't I, yeah. And now Texas, I'm sure that was completely cathartic. Quinn Ewers comes back. Ari, you, I, I accused you of being the guy driving the Quinn Ewers bandwagon for year for two years now. I was since he was a recruit. I think I have overtaken Don't you. Don't kick me off the bus. I know, I'm but stroll, driving the bus driver. What You're we on the bus? What we saw against Alabama. What we saw, you know, in in the Louisiana Monroe game, it's hard to say what we saw, but what we saw against Alabama. What we saw against Texas. I like watching this dude play. He's, He's really so good. much fun. It's almost like these hundreds of analysts that rank these players. Like, I know, know they're good. I mean, like yeah. the man is a very gifted player. So I'm very curious to see how this whole saga yeah. unfolds a few years from now. But, you know, if Texas could have just beaten Tech, like I think we might be talking about this team as a uh, dark horse playoff team. Right, and I don't want to overreact because, like you know, you overreact well, to the Oklahoma. I mean, that can, Oklahoma. You team. can do. You can play the what if game because if yeah. Quinn, if Quinn Ewers doesn't get hurt against Alabama, maybe they beat Alabama. Maybe I they're undefeated. Know. I don't know. Yeah, maybe they beat Tech. But look, it, what happened happened, and and we're dealing with reality on reality's terms here. But the the reality's terms here are pretty good for Texas going forward. Like I look at the other teams that are good in the Big Twelve. And we're talking about Oklahoma State. We're talking about TCU, maybe Kansas. We're talking mm -hmm. about Baylor. Texas matches up favorably with all those teams. T Texas smashed mouth the hell out of them. Yeah, like and, and the most effective the, the most effective you know version of the offense that they run is the one that can run up the middle on anybody. And there isn't a team in the Big Twelve that can stop that running game. Am I wrong? Baylor. Baylor is going to be. Probably the closest Oklahoma State might, but but Baylor yeah. is probably the best shot. But now you have an arm like that. Kansas back there. State might have a shot. Competent at it. quarterback yeah. Bijan Robinson and Xavier Worthy. Oh, Kansas State! I did mention when I was talking about yeah. other teams that can potentially win yeah. the Big Twelve. They 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 won a rock fight against Iowa State. So before we move on from Oklahoma, like yeah, a scale from one to ten. Let's play the scale game. Okay. Would you rather? No, I'm kidding. On a scale from one to ten. <laughs> Tell me more about this turtle. How Ari. concerned are you about Oklahoma's positioning as a program right now? I'm very concerned. Not now, as a team, as a program. Now, what what I what I need to see is Brent Venables pulling the Dave Aranda and learning from his first year, because we were ready to bail on Dave Aranda after year one. Mm -hmm. Turns out he's a pretty good head coach. So I'm not ready to give up on Brent Venables yet, but I need to see more. Like. I need to see your defensive players in position. I don't care if they're not five-star athletes, if they're not the guys you would have recruited at Clemson. I know they're not the guys you would have recruited at Clemson. But get them in the right place. That's, that's your step job. One, step one. Yeah. You know, I mean, it just – that was as thorough of an ass-beating that you could actually – you could draw. Oh, that was horrible. And, and, and they couldn't, you couldn't even hope for a first down. After all these years of Oklahoma being consistently better than Texas – how good must that have felt for Texas like that's to the just thing too. beat the tar out of them? And we talk about tent pole wins. Texas is head and shoulders better than Oklahoma. Yes. It wasn't a weird game. Nope. They didn't blow it. They didn't come back. There was no weird penalties. They kicked the crap out of them, and now, they are a better football team. If you think this means that when they get in the SEC that Texas will be better than Oklahoma, I don't know if that's true. Because if Brent Venables yeah. recruits at Oklahoma the way – 
he helped recruit at Clemson, and he was a big part of it. They'll, their rosters well, will be fairly this, evenly matched. Those comments point. are fluid, Andy. I mean, they are better right now. That's fluid. Right. They can change. Right. When's the last time you could definitively say, regardless of the oh, outcome gosh. of the Red River 2005. showdown, that Texas is a better football team than Oklahoma? 2009, maybe? And, like, if they're intersecting at yeah. this level. Yeah. And Texas, I believe, is – I mean, Oklahoma's had a really good class this year, too. But the recruiting – I mean, like, Texas is more – sturdily positioned for the next few years than, than yeah. Oklahoma is. Oh, this is an interesting point by Joshua Mustachio. Uh, and That's my guy. And Joshua we need, well, we need to talk guy. about Kansas. We, we mentioned Kansas State winning the rock fight against Iowa State. Uh, everybody's now mad at Matt Campbell. I'm telling you this right now, guys, who are mad at Matt Campbell. He's still a really good coach. It's really hard to win at Iowa State. A season like this was destined to happen. You also don't do it every year there. I mean, you got to accept that. Exactly. So, so let's not yeah. – let's not – Act like but I do wonder coach. if he waited and is out of the spotlight. When you're the next big thing, I, yeah. I do wonder. Like, did, did he miss? You not, did, did he, he miss the, the window? window? Yeah. See, that's where that's where I'd hire him now. I'd be like, listen, they don't even appreciate you there, appreciate you there anymore. Come, come, come Probably to get them cheaper too. Exactly. But Joshua says the best thing about the Kansas schools they hired coaches who won national titles on a lower level. More schools should do this. This is true. Chris Kleiman won at North Dakota State. He's an Ohio State fan, and he probably likes Trestle a lot, too. (laughs) That's exactly right. But but Chris Kleiman won the FCS at North Dakota State, and Lance Leipold won Division III at Wisconsin-Whitewater. Multiple national titles for both those guys. Well, that's an interesting point. How much do you think um, program building and winning at a high level at a lower level qualifies you for the Power 5 level? How different are the two jobs? I think it depends on where you are. I think it's different at – well – Auburn, we'll talk about later. Auburn is a tougher place, even if you've done that at a lower level. Now you got to go in and and do it along the lines of Nick Saban and, and Kirby Smart, which is the highest of the high. Right. So, but I will say, if you've done it at one level, there's a good chance you can do it at another level. Yeah, it's like how much was Jim Tressel qualified to coach Ohio State? <laughs> Very. It right? turns out. So it turns out. Yeah, yeah but like. <laughs> You would never think that. Well, they're not, it's not sexy hires because people don't, they're not in the public eye. But I, I think that's a good, a good point. Somebody who obviously is good enough to build something knows how to build. So, yeah. Well, it, this is, this will be interesting to see what Venables does. He may have to make changes. Uh, again, I'm going to compare it to Aranda, where it's a defensive coordinator, head coach the first time, maybe didn't roster got, didn't, yeah, the roster got pillaged. Yeah. And, it might look different next year. And I, I, I trust this person as a recruiter. I trust this person as an evaluator. So I'm not out on Brent Venables by any stretch. I just think this year may be lost and, and you may have to deal with that. Let's talk TCU Kansas though. TCU wins 38, 31 Sonny Dykes and, and Garrett Riley just doing an amazing job with that offense. Max Duggan, incredible job running it. Uh, some of the touchdown catches in this game were spectacular. Uh, the Quentin Johnston catch at the end. Holy mackerel. Okay, the thing I have to say, got a strong opinion about this. Yep, if I yep, were yep. at that game. Here's here's the, here's the scoring summary, by the way, which is yeah. very interesting. Because remember, it was a 10-3 game at the half. I wish I were at all these games at once because I have strong opinions. Kansas' story was fun to follow because they were undefeated. Right. People liked... Mm-hmm. The game day was there that they were winning games and yep. they're over under for the season win totals two and a half and they got to five and zero. Oh. Don't forget about this team 
and don't no because they didn't get blown out done. like they were very much because in this they game. lost they're they're yeah. a good they're a good they're a good one loss. Well, big and Jalen Daniels went down. Jason Bean came in at quarterback for Kansas and looked and they, great. And they just, I think it was two touchdown drives on his first two possessions. Yeah, he was throwing the ball well, and he's very and fast. Both quarterbacks too. ranked outside of the top two two thousand in their respective recruiting classes. Yep. So, like to me, it's like the Kansas thing is going to die down because mm -hmm. they're not undefeated anymore. But the thing I want to say is, don't lose sight of the fact that this is a good team that lost to maybe the best team in the Big Twelve for all we know. Could be so like that. They're still a very good football team to build because, like, you and I were talking, Kansas is going to get their ass kicked eventually. They're going to lose by 40 to somebody. Yeah, I don't know that I believe that they are anymore, Andy. I think they're a very no, solid I, team. I, I think I think they can, they can hang they can with, compete just with anybody. Everybody. Yeah, so I don't know what it's going to look like when they play Texas. They're going to be pretty yeah. angry. They may throw up a clunker at some point. Yeah, but, but this team looks capable of, but competing. like the joking of, oh my god, Kansas, Kansas, Kansas. It's like a fun shtick. Yeah, I think they deserve our respect as a yeah. good football Let, team. Now, now TCU, yeah. TCU may be the best team in the Big Twelve. We're, we'll have a, a chance to find out exactly where they are next yeah. week. I'm going to try to go to that. Oklahoma game. State is headed to TCU. Oklahoma State beat Texas Tech 41-31. Texas Tech is three and three. They're one and two in the Big Twelve, but I don't think they're a bad team. And they were up early in this game. They were 21-17 in the in the second quarter. 24-20 at halftime. Uh, had a lead into the into the third quarter, but Oklahoma State just kept coming and coming. I like Oklahoma State a lot. We talked last week with Kansas about being able to win a game in a different way than you, you've won games before. Oklahoma State's defense was giving up points on Saturday, and Oklahoma State managed to win a semi shootout. The, yeah, the, the shootouts don't happen very frequently anymore in the Big Twelve, but but managed to win a semi shootout here. I mean, it's just it's just a relief to yeah. see points can still be yeah. scored somewhere. I mean, <laughs> I know it, it hasn't hasn't looked like but that. But it's gonna be fun in, in Fort Worth next week. Yes, I mean, I you know you're looking at two undefeated teams, and anytime you can get what is it going to be mid October at that point? Yeah, so mid October with undefeated uh, conference matchups. The, the third Saturday in October. That's why yeah. uh, that's why Bama's going up to Tennessee. So yeah, wow. Yeah, it, it is. I got a feeling you're going to make your way up there. I don't know. I'm we'll, speaking into existence. We'll see. We'll see. I, I love a big game in Knoxville. That's for sure. But I can't. I'm, I'm excited for you because, folks, if you have not been to a game at TCU, it TCU and Baylor are what everybody's stadium should look like. Like they're the perfect size. It's like, it's like a perfect air. Everything yeah. is. Every view is great. No matter where your seat is, it is a perfect sight line. Like. How many people is that same? 70? 40. 40? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and you're going to love it. You've not been to – you've been to a camp there, you said. So you yeah, haven't I went been to there a to a camp game. there. It's, it's a really fun place to watch a game. Yeah. And, and TCU I, – TCU, I love the strategic placement of the dance team right behind the visitor's bench. Yeah. It's, it's, it's done on purpose. Yeah, so we'll have a lot to talk about next weekend. Yeah. On, so, that, on that front. So I, I – I, this is – the Big 12 race, again, I know I've said this multiple times on the podcast. I'm going to say it over and over again. That's the race I'm most excited to watch down the stretch because I have no clue who's going to win the Big 12 this you year. You know what's fun? There's a playoff contender that's still alive in every conference. Yes. Power five conference. And I don't know if we've made it this far. So it's better when there are teams that can make the playoff later in the season? More teams can possibly no, make the playoff? No, it's better when the... <laughs> There's four. Scares. I love when you make my arguments for me, Ari.
I love four it. scarce spots and more teams right now that are in a chance to compete for those scarce spots. Do enjoy when you make my arguments for me. It just makes my life no, easier. Your argument is make it eight so everybody that's going to Well, no, it's going to be 12, okay. it, It's not. Make there's it no argument. So everybody gets yeah, it. It's going to be 12. Okay. That's been decided. All okay. Right. <laughs> you brought it up, bro. When we come back, Ari, <laughs> we had a lot of fun during timeouts of the, uh, the Alabama-Texas A&M game. Hate watching Jeez. A game between two I teams. I feel like it's sucking the life out of me talking about this. Every the week. I team <laughs> report when we return. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, all right, let's head to the Big Ten. Uh, we got to do the I-Team report. But before we get to that, I do want to uh, just send this out in the universe. Uh, thoughts, thinking about Mike Hart. He yeah, collapsed yeah, yeah. during the Michigan-Indiana game, had to be taken to a hospital. Uh, Michigan reported that, that he was in stable condition and had to stay overnight. That's a scary, scary thing for everybody. 36-year-old guy, and I just, I just hope he's doing okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. That's Awful, and I can't tell you how happy I'm to hear it. He's doing okay. So. Yeah, so we, we'll see what happens. Michigan did beat Indiana, uh, but obviously that is is kind of secondary to, to what was going on. But let's talk about this this Iowa-Illinois game. It was uh, – well, do you have the sequence? Um, I can find it. Find Say the sequence, something. and I will vamp for a Sing. minute. Yes. I, These I, eyes is actually is kind of – these eyes have seen a lot of love, but they're never going to see another love like I had with you. My brother came all the way from Scottsdale, Arizona to sing for you guys. All right. Okay. So <laughs> these eyes. I can't believe I remember the words to that song. But were they right? I don't know. The, the listeners will tell us. Okay. I'm pulling it up here. One second. All right. So Ari's pulling up this sequence that tells you exactly what you need to know. But I, I will just point you to the end of the game. And, and th- I'm so glad this happened during one of the long CBS timeouts during Alabama A&M. So I got to see the whole thing. I got to watch Iowa run two-minute offense. It was painful. And, of course, in an interception. But <laughs> Iowa had a touchdown pulled off the board. That was the OPI call, right? Yeah. And then and then Illinois. And, and Ari says, you know, Illinois is getting the ball back. Okay, got it. Right. Okay, go for it. Oh, no, it wasn't the OPI call. Iowa had a defensive touchdown. It was pulled off the board because Iowa Ar- Arthur Sitkowski's s- elbow was down. Yeah, well, they were tied 6-6. Yeah. And Iowa scooped and scored with like a minute and 20 seconds left. Yep. Everybody thought Iowa was going to win the game on a scoop and score. Yep. Which, if that would have happened. It been perfect. Off, the offense of the year has got to yeah. be Iowa's Yeah, defense. perfect. Okay, so here's the sequence. This is the most Iowa sequence in the history. I believe of the world. it occurred in the second quarter. I yes, can't remember. It, was sec- it was in the second quarter. Iowa punts on fourth and twenty-one from its own sixteen. 
Illinois fumbles or muffs the punt. Mm-hmm. It hits him in the face. It, it bounces off his and face. It hits an Iowa the, the Iowa defender who recovered it right in the chest. He just catches it. Yeah, catches it. Falls on the floor. Iowa recovers at the Illinois thirty-five. It's a big chunk play for your punt team. Hell yeah. Then Iowa's drive, ensuing possession, loses six yards. Iowa punts from Illinois' 45, pins Illinois keep at going, the 14. Give then me more. Give me more. Illinois fumbles the ball oh, yeah. on the next play, ah. and Iowa recovers it at the <laughs> Illinois 5. Iowa's next wait, wait. It gets better. <laughs> Iowa's next possession, I think, lost 17 yards, and they kicked a 27-yard field goal to tie the game at 6-6. <laughs> So they, they, they moved the ball all the way down the field by punting with two twice. punts and two fumble recoveries, and they capped off their final drive by oh losing yardage. And I got to say, man, don't ever change, man, Iowa. Like, I mean, this is too much fun. We uh, we were watching the game while at Bryant-Denny. Yes. That's how entertaining this it, is. It, it hooked us in. So poor Vaughn. Vaughn's a regular viewer of the live yeah, stream. Yeah, say? Uh, he said fire Ferentz. You know, that's a board geniuses fire everyone. But which Ferentz? <laughs> he, exactly. He points out, though, they fired Paul Chris for worse. Actually, they fired Paul Chris for better. I guess. I don't, Wait, I don't think What does that mean bad. for worse? Like Wisconsin was worse well, off? Illinois kicked the crap out of Wisconsin more than they did Iowa. This is like when a woman or man cheats on their spouse. Uh-huh. Which one do you think is worse when you hook up with somebody once or do you do it over and over again oh they're both bad they're both unforgivable yeah which one would hurt you more the brian ference one because brian ference keeps cheating (laughs) this wasn't a mistake no we're not making any aspersions (laughs) by the way no it's a it's a it's another one of ari's lunatic bad analogy so what i'm just saying like it's a it's a uh Pattern of behavior, yes. negative behavior. When yeah. does it stop being a bleeping coincidence? I think we've Ari. been so past the coincidence thing, and now to the expectations. Well, I mean, they lost nine to six. I, it's for those of us who have no rooting interest and don't care. It's comedy for us. You know what the funniest thing about this is? Is that most Iowa fans, and correct me if I'm wrong here, root for the Chicago Bears. Oh my god! And on, si- on Sunday, those poor people they watch the Bears play. And they're afraid to let Justin Fields throw the football. Right. So, like, it's like, I don't know how these people even consume football anymore. And the, the thing that is it ir- football that they're actually consuming the thing that irks me the most yeah. is that Iowa's defense is legitimately Big Ten championship caliber. Yes. The amount of fumbles that these, these guys keep continually forcing, these scoops and scores that they're putting themselves in a position to get in, it is dumbfounding how good they've been playing. So, like, this to me is the worst part. It's, Offense is what it is, but like it's such a waste of what in the Big Ten West this year, dude. Oh, I know. They would have walked to Indy. Yes, it would have been easy. And now we're having I'm having Twitter fights on Friday night about whether or not Nebraska can win the Big Ten West with people. That was funny. Like, no one caught like your mad no me. one caught your sarcasm. People, and then I said I'm keeping joking, and everyone's like, "What Mar- are you t- Mark give Whipple? Me one team? Mark Whipple, the Nebraska offensive coordinator, said earlier this week that that Nebraska can still win the Big Ten West, which mathematically quite true and and actually they're in first place right now yes um so but ari facetiously tweeted looks like they're gonna win the big 10 west especially because they look terrible the entire game they ended up winning but it was awful i don't know who's gonna win the big 10 west it may be illinois if illinois Illinois has one loss to indiana and i think the the fans who watch that game will will back me up here pretty bad call cost them the game listen Nebraska fumbled a snap while taking knees and almost. 
Okay, I don't want to get through the. I don't want to get through the gentlemen, the Big Ten West. So we're talking about the Big Ten West champion that can't even function a, a, a kneel down correctly. Um, but that entire side of the conference is completely and utterly. Yeah. It's like Iowa, with even a number eighty offense, would walk through. Yeah, just a slightly below average. It doesn't even to be, be competent. It, actually, yeah. the, if it was just dysfunctional, it'd be great. <laughs> yeah, just don't be completely incompetent. Yes. Poor Vaughn. I just, I just feel. We so love bad. you, Vaughn, and thank you so. I hope you're laughing with us. We're trying to, we're trying to, yeah, to add some levity to this. But man, that sucks. Let, let's, let's, move, just let's, sucks. let's move to the SEC uh, for a minute. Actually, for most of an entire half, I thought we'd never be allowed back in Oxford, Mississippi, because yeah, we went to to Oxford on Wednesday and we asked Lane Kiffin some really stupid questions. There were a huge waste of his time. You can listen to that episode. On the Andy Staples Show, subscribe, like, review, all that good stuff. Uh, you can also watch it on the YouTube channel. But we asked incredibly dumb questions that probably made Lane Kiffin dumber. And that start to that game, when Vanderbilt runs out to a lead, I'm like, oh, God, we jinxed him badly. It's like he's never going to want to have week, we will never weekday come back. grab ass with media, media members. <laughs> yeah, we're never coming uh, back. And then the most predictable thing on the face of the earth. Yeah. I, mean, I think they actually might have even covered the original spread. Ole Miss, Ole Miss turned on the afterburners. They, yeah. they scored, I believe they scored at the end of the first half to make it 20 to 17. I was looking at the line. They, end, they ended up winning 52 to 28. Before halftime. Yeah. And when Vandy was winning by 10. I believe they were winning by 10 with like. Yeah, it was 20 to 10. Late in the, minute late and 32 in the first seconds half, yeah. left. And I said, Andy, it's even money for Ole Miss just to win. And he looked at me stone cold and he goes, there's no way that Ole Miss is going to lose this football game. And I could see into the future. Maybe I'm speaking it into existence just to make sure we have another chance to interview Lane Kiffin and ask him the stupidest yeah, of questions. Even money there. I had the I had, and the would you rather was if you could see the future, basically. Yeah. And yeah. I, I saw the future and I sat on my hands like a loser. <laughs> well, listen. We we won because we get to go back now. Yeah, we, we get to go back. We, we are going back. We get we get to go back to Big Bad Breakfast and, and eat biscuits and gravy. And and I don't think you ever lose when you can do that. So elsewhere in the SEC, South Carolina beats a Will Levisless Kentucky. That's that's a thing. Not what you're expecting, but will no Will Levis, so you, you kind of understand. Yeah. Uh Florida gets by Missouri in, in one of the more hideous games you'll ever see. Yep. Uh Mississippi State looked great again. Yep. Egg Bowl is going to be fire this year. KJ Jefferson didn't play, right? KJ Jefferson did not play. Uh, 40 to 17 over Arkansas. Quarterback injuries, man. That's a lot. Uh, they run a lot. They get hit a lot. Yeah, I mean, you watch Haynes King just get pounded I mean, many, tonight. I mean, AM's backup quarterback was their starter. Mm -hmm. Alabama's backup quarterback was their starter. Kentucky's backup quarterback was their starter. Mm -hmm. In Arkansas, that's four teams. In the SEC, Am yes. Am I forgetting anyone? Uh, well, yeah, Auburn. Robbie Ashford was not the original starter. That's five. TJ Finley was the starter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. It, it's, and it wasn't sure if Finley was hurt, though. Yeah, it's he he is. And so it, it's just they, they're getting hit a lot, and there's a lot of good pass rushers. Let's talk Auburn, Georgia. There's not much to talk about with the game. Georgia strangled Auburn. They, they All of the stuff we talked about with Georgia, we said, okay, are they going to show up against Auburn? They showed up against Auburn. They, they looked did. fine. They, they're fine. Offense looked fine. Defense looked great. They showed up. Is this it for Brian Harson? That we were doing math on the contract, and we realized, oh, it actually is cheaper to fire him now because you, his buyout is just a percentage of his salary. So you can you can continue paying him his full salary through the year, or just, or just the, pay him the buyout or the yeah. percentage that you owe him. It feels like this is going to come to an end 
sooner or later, whether it's tomorrow or they play Ole Miss and then they go into the open date, they do it. I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know how why you want to drag it out too much longer. Yeah, I, I don't know why they're dragging it out either, but it just kind of would stink. It's like, oh, you get fired by the team that beat you forty-two to ten when if your team was good, they would probably still beat you forty-two to ten. Yes, it's like yeah. I mean, like you know, the writings on the wall. But it's almost like they the were, results don't matter. Maybe they were just, looking for maybe they're looking for a time to say, look, see, you're supposed to be competitive with them and you're not. I think you could have said that against every team they've played. Yeah, well, they were competitive with with LSU and they were competitive with Missouri and they beat Missouri. So yeah, they were not competitive with Penn state, but yeah. Yeah. So we'll see that there's no AD. They do want to hire an AD, whether it's, it's elevating the interim, Rich McGlynn, hiring somebody from outside. I think they want to do that, get their ducks in a row. So they are going to need a little bit of time and it, it is going to be, uh, it's, it's, I had an agent tell me this week that, it is a job that more people than you think will want. Sure. Uh, and look, you and I have talked probably about not. You know how good that job is. Well, you and I have talked about what a pain in the ass it is probably to work for Auburn, but you can get dudes. They can compete for national titles if you get enough dudes. Yeah. And, you know, getting a job that big, I guess you just kind of like if you haven't been a coach before or you're looking to get a bigger job, you, yep. know, you just kind of tell yourself, I'll, I'll deal with the bull. Yeah. Also good, good bull. <laughs> that go oh, good bull. Speaking of which. If you did, if you have not watched Ari with Kip the Yell Leader, go back to Tuesday's show on the YouTube channel and watch it. It's tremendous. Kip the Yell Leader, great dude. Hugged him on the side. Had a great today. night. Was not the guy who at Midnight Yell in Birmingham forgot his fable. And or Kip the guy did, doing the weird push ups. Yeah, either. Kip does not yeah. forget his fables. So yeah. it was no good. No good. <laughs> Stinky. Stinky. Hanky panky Alabama fan, <laughs> Alabama fans line. Uh, uh, I love how you look back at the other yell leaders, including Kip and yeah, the other guys are like, I lost it. Uh, I forgot. We don't know. The funniest thing to me about that whole thing is that like, you would think that a crowd of a hundred of Chewies would yeah. be far easier to conquer than the Kyle. Absolutely. Cause they are guzzling margaritas. <laughs> You'll so, get them next week, bud. It's fine. <laughs> All right. Well, good Ari, bull, good this bull. trip was good bull. Yeah. This trip was absolutely good bull. I will say, standing on the sideline, 10 feet away from um, Texas A&M's Texas final A&M's play, final play in front of the A&M band yeah. in their section, that was a hell of a first SEC game for me. And I got to say that this, uh, this trip was fun uh, beyond all measure. I feel like I understand the SEC better. Good. And no joke, like we, we had a lot of fun. We messed around a lot, but... When I'm in a position like I'm going to be moving forward on this podcast and discussing these places more and more, the experiences of being here, meeting the people, eating the fair, coming to the stadiums is only going to serve me well in terms of talking about it in a more educated so fashion. What, so I'm excited. about. What that. was your favorite part of the trip? Um, Slice in Birmingham. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, <laughs> that was favorite, pretty damn good. My favorite part of the, the trip. The hot mama pizza at Slice in Birmingham. Just get it. You know, and the food and the and the road trips and, and hanging out with you and getting to know you better were all fun. But how could you possibly beat being yes. down on that field with 10 seconds left in the game? Your heart yeah. feels like it's going to explode. Like I don't even have any skin in the game. Can, like, can you incredible. imagine being yeah. one of the players on that field or one of the coaches having yeah. to make those calls? Like It feels like your, your heart is going to just blast out of your chest. So what you said to me, and I remember this two years ago, you said that when I said that the best – Atmosphere that I've ever seen. White out. Penn State yep. whiteout. 
you're like, well, you got to go to the SEC. And I've got two observations, mm-hmm. three. One, that was not louder, but it also wasn't a game because like I was Ohio State, Penn State, whiteout. Right. This was a game they were favored by 24. But the two observations that I have is that the baseline noise here is louder. Right. When it's not just the screaming and everyone's freaking out over a big play, just the constant noise. Yeah. And second of all, the in-game entertainment and atmosphere that they create in these in the stadium like is good like the lights I felt like i was at the club yeah no i mean like uh, but like yeah. it did feel like they did a better job like when i covered ohio state i think the number one knock on ohio stadium is that their game day experience is terrible yeah like they don't they don't do a very good job of getting the crowd into it and here everybody was kind of on the same page and um it was a very exciting thing now i would love to see this stadium when you have a top five Auburn. Team yeah. I mean, it, you know, if, you, uh, if, if someone could find their way to Neyland stadium next week, when, when Tennessee yeah. and Alabama take the field, like you, that's probably it. it feel, mean, it'll yeah. feel like the, the sky is going to explode. Right. So. But like, that was incredible. Everything that I hoped it would be. And Hey buddy, we got a few more hours of work left ahead of us tonight. Still. So that's exactly right. We're going to go write some stories. Everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for, for taking this trip with us. And we're going to take some more because this was so much fun. And we have to do it again. I think we need to do it in the Big Ten. I think we need to do it in the Pac-12. Big Sky. Big Sky, yes, Montana. How about Europe? Well, no. Big Sky. I just want to go to the Europe. Big Sky you. one is going to be great because <laughs> Brent Vegan, the head coach of Montana State, I'm sure he'll open the doors up and, and we can hang with the Bobcats. But we're mostly going to meet Duttons and, and hang out at yes. Yellowstone. I would love to meet a Dutton. Beth? Beth. Dutton. That's what I figured. All right, guys. It's been a pleasure. We will talk to you again very soon. Thanks, guys.